The best team tonight will win the Hooter Sounds and the Breakers, who desperately needed to get back on the winner's list, have done so. And they've, they've proved to be a nemesis against Tasmania and they get to victory 97-92. Well done to the Breakers. Well done to the Breakers indeed. A much-needed victory and away from home up against a good Tasmania side. The Jack Jumpers unable to uh, stop, uh, well, actually continue uh, the hurt the Breakers have suffered so far in the season. They were second to bottom heading into the game, but uh, an all-important victory. To discuss, we welcome in a, a fine a basketballing mind, a fine player in his own right from the greatest school of them all. It's Brooke Rusko. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey. The, the last part you got right. The last part you did yeah. get right there. No, good. Though. Much better this morning after that win. Uh, indeed. Well, I was, you know, another St. Pat's boy. Got them over the line, I guess. But <laughs> enough of that propaganda, my friend. Uh, like, hey, g give, me, give me some background. He, before we talk about the game itself, the pr prior to that game, if, if I was asked you to identify maybe two or three things that the Breakers had been struggling with on the court that they needed to remedy, what, what were top of that list? Oh, they need to take care of the boards. They've just they've struggled all year long on the rebounding count. But the big thing for me is, uh, and I've said this openly and I've been pretty loud about it, but I, I just truly believe that the team will go as far as Will McDowell-White takes them. He he was the backbone. He was the driver of the car last year. And um, it just it, it's there. You can see it. It just hasn't had the games that we kind of expect from him at this point as well. And um, I guess that's part of being a marquee player is you, these expectations do come with it as well. But... When he's firing on all cylinders and when he's the Will McDowell-White that we expect, the Will McDowell-White that was damn near going to the World Champs with Australia with a team that they have was basically just NBA players. Once he gets back to that level and playing with that confidence and um, playing with with nothing going on upstairs and he's just playing the game, then I think the Breakers will be at the best, but they just need to keep ticking over and grabbing these wins where they can until Will gets back to that point, which I don't think is far away. I think it's getting closer and closer. We've seen it. Uh, each game, it just kind of feels like he's getting back to where he was. But yeah, that, that's my big one. It's, it's how far will Will take the breakers once again? Had it been a system issue or just one of those periods where a player's on a bit of a, a low end? Yeah, I don't think it's a system thing because uh, obviously him and Coach Modi have such a strong relationship. Um, the system was running the same way last year. And, we saw what he was doing with Barry Brown coming off the bench and he just had the combinations and everything was flowing. And obviously it's, it's similar to rugby once you have that go forward in terms of um, front, foot, front foot momentum. Same thing was happening with rebounds. They, they were getting rebounds, they were getting out and they were pushing last year. Whereas this year they're taking the ball out of the hoop a lot more than they were and they're getting to those set offenses. So uh, it's, it can stem from so many places. But at the end of the day, he is, um, man, he is as good as he is for a reason. So. Um, we know what to expect from him. We know how good he is. And I don't think it's a system thing. I just, you just go through these slumps every now and then as players and uh, the good ones get out of it quickly. And, and he's one of the good ones. So hopefully we get him back pretty, pretty soon. The atmosphere in Tasmania is pretty cool, isn't it? They've really taken um, to heart the Jack Jumpers and that sporting community. Uh, at times it's been deafening. How big of a challenge that can that be, you think? Oh, yeah, they, they do it well. They're, they're Perth. Well, to be fair, most Australian places do it pretty well. But, yeah, they, they do it very well. I think the one part, and I was talking to Tommy about this, Tom Abercrombie, the one part he was struggling with going over was that's where they were stuck during COVID. 
So it's not the greatest of memories that they have. Those guys were away from family for such a long time. They spent so much time in Tasmania that he was kind of like PTSD about the whole thing. So it wasn't the crowd and going over there and getting the win. It was going back to the place that they had to spend so much time away from family. So I think the extra layers that I wasn't even thinking about that, the layers that it has when you go back to a place like Tassie or, you know, when you've been out for, for COVID, obviously, they kind of wrecked everyone for a while. So it's more than just the crowd, but the crowd itself, they do a tremendous job when you get there. So it's one of the hardest places to win at the moment. There's a reason that they're always in the semis or the finals and even being birthed a couple of years ago and they're knocking on the door of championships. And a big reason is that crowd that they have and obviously the coach that they have too. How much squeaky bum time late though was there? Uh, the Jack Jumpers claw back, what, a 13-point <laughs> deficit in that fourth quarter? And you're probably, are you thinking the worst there? You're pretty nervous at that stage? Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit actually, but I also, I, I didn't mind it. Uh, obviously, they, that, um, that second, well, it was actually the whole actually first half and second quarter, but that Anthony Lamb had was incredible. He had 20 points with, I think, five minutes to go in the second quarter, and um, obviously that's a hard pace to keep up, but he was just incredible. But then the, the fact that they somehow worked out how to win it, that was the part that was encouraging to me. I thought it was better than having a blowout win. The blowout win might have been good for confidence, but just to remind themselves of how to grind out a win, because it's more of a grind-out win league than anything else. Those blowout wins are very few and far between. It would have been great for their confidence to get that one, but I just thought it was more important to learn how to grind out a win last year. They did that so well uh, last year. So I just, I just, just even though it got close there, and it was a big thrill, steal from Isaiah at the end, you just have to have those clutch plays, and they had enough of a buffer, which was another promising sign. But, yeah, you're right. It did get a little bit tired, and the hands were a little bit sweaty there in the fourth quarter, but... Big steal from Zay to, to ice the game, and yeah, they got it done. Yeah, tell us about that play. Was it a great steal, a great defensive read, or is that sort of a, a risky pass to take? Very risky pass, but also very risky steal to go for as well, because if he misses that steal, and he did get it clean, uh, but if he misses that steal, they're going down the other way, and they've got numbers with about six seconds to go. So uh, you roll the dice, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, but you roll the dice, and um, someone like Zay, who's out there actually defensively, he, he's he's pretty sound defensively in, in the world stage as well, not just the Australian stage and the Zealand League. He's, he proved his own at the world champs, what he can do on the defensive end. But yeah, man, you got you got, you got to know when you're going for that one. The pass was a little bit risky, turned his head. Um, but uh, I saw Zay had a chance or a moment and he saw the window and he went for it. And who knows, that might be the one that they needed for the year to get back on track. But boy, do they need that still. One play, one win can turn a season. God, I'm not saying this oh. will, but but it can. Yeah, it's it's just the idea of learning how to win. I've, I've always been the firm believer of you learn how to win and you also learn how to lose. Uh, but you, you're absolutely right. One can, it's, it's a long road trip coming back as well. and It, it might even be one weekend for them because obviously they come back and they fly back and their flight's so much easier when you're flying back after a win from Tasmania. And then you run it back again on Sunday. So they need to run it back and they need to get back into you know, the winning circle and maybe took off three, four wins in a row. But it always starts with one. So big weekend for them if they can get this one on Sunday. Uh, I'm not going to say they're right back in it, but they're, they're stepping in the right direction. Hmm. Uh, basketball commentator, former Tall Black, uh, Brooke Roscoe, is with us as we talk at the Breakers' victory last night. Uh, Anthony Lamb, he went all right last night, didn't he? Sort of stuffed that stat <laughs> sheet, didn't he? <laughs> he is very, very good. And, uh, I, I almost think there's a, there's going to have to be a point in it. Maybe that was last night as well, where they run the offensively completely through him. I know Jackson Park uh, Cartwright leads the league in scoring, but 
there's just something special about Anthony Lamb. I mean, he played last year with Golden State. So when you're playing with the Stephs and the Clays and the Draymond Greens, and he was actually playing and, and having a role in the team, uh, you, you, your pedigree is pretty good when you're surrounding yourself with guys like that. And he showed off last night what he can do. And I think he's actually showing off the whole way through. I, I don't think he gets the ball enough. Um, and I love the idea of he's not coming over here and trying to be selfish and he's trying to find his feet. But also I think there's going to be a point where he has to be selfish. He has to shoot damn near 20 shots a game because um, those are the best shots that they can get when you've got a guy like him who can spread the floor, can pick and pop, has the strength when he has a mismatch down low to go into the post and get nice easy bunnies and get to the free throw line. He'll convert from the free throw line and he'll finish above the rim. But just the idea that he can stretch the floor, even though he's playing the three, he can play a four as well. Uh, he can stretch the floor and give it to you kind of however you want it. So I, I would love the idea of him having the ball in the hands a little bit more. And I mean, it's seven twenty points at the half. It's, it's a, a, the recipe is, is right there. Delightful, isn't it? When you uh, get a win like that, return home. Okay, getting back from Tasmania is a bit problematic. You play again on Sunday, but you got the bottom place team. Or do you fear complacency because it is the bottom place talks? Uh, no, I don't feel complacency at the moment. Uh, and that's only because of what I've seen from Coach Modi over the last year and a bit now. It's, uh, complacency is, is one word that I, I just don't think that he allows the team to have. I've um, seen how much time and effort goes into it and um, you know what he puts in front of the boys. And I don't think complacency will be there. So that, that's a promising sign. You never know. And I would have said last year there's no way just because they were just taking off wins and you know, Spark Arena, that was just a fortress last year. And when they got there, it was just kind of like, it's going to be hard to beat the Breakers here tonight. No matter who's playing where, it's going to be hard to beat the Breakers at Spark. So uh, I heard that they pulled the curtains back up, which means that the crowd's going to be pretty busy on uh, Sunday night. And this Hawks team, the same with any team in the league, anybody can beat anybody. But it's one of those ones that the Breakers need to get. When you, whenever you're playing the bottom place teams, it seems you have to go and win. And um, yeah, like I said, if they get two wins this weekend, they get the ball rolling again. They get their confidence going. You go into the next week with a couple wins under your belt and you go and do the same thing next weekend. Then your season has turned around. But these are the really important ones that you have to go and get. So uh, if there is complacency, that's a very worrying sign. But I would, I would say that going into this game, there shouldn't be too much. Uh, Coach Modi took, uh, well, did what most coaches uh, did, you know, threw himself on the grenade when the, lo- uh, the losses weren't going um, well. Uh, saying the responsibility lies with him, so did they have? Did they make adjustments, or dare I say, it, did the players just play better? Um, you probably six in this one, half a dozen in the other one. Um, the players definitely did play better. Uh, you know, like then you go back to some of the key guys. I thought Will was better last night. I thought Anthony Lamb was good. Um, but the key guys are going to have to step up night in, night out. But the I've heard about the scouting reports and the video sessions that they have with Coach Modi. And, I heard that they are second to none. I heard that they will take as long as they need to take. If there's going to be two, three hours, they're meticulous with everything they do. So adjustments would have been made. The players were better last night as well. And it's always easier when you see the ball go through the net. I think they've struggled with the game that they had done in Christchurch. I know they've still got the win, but um, just struggled to see the ball go through the net. And it's just you just see it go through a few more times. Everything just feels easy. You're playing with a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Scoreboard pressure is always there as well. So it's, it's just the, if you can make a few shots, man, the three ball is such a big part of today's day and age as well when it comes to the game of basketball. So you see the three ball go down a couple more times, you give, give yourself a little bit more space, stop getting killed on the board so much. All those things kind of came into play last night. And it has yeah. such a hard place to play. So 
I mean, that's a huge win for them. But yeah, like I said, I think it's a bit of the, bit of the coach and the players stepped up as well. Hey, Brock, I, I know you're going to get going soon, uh, but before I move off on the NBL, I, I'm going to ask you about the sales NBL too, because it's an interesting time yep. as of Monday. But if we're to move off the breakers and look just broadly across the, uh, the Aussie comp, you know, other Kiwis that have turned your head playing for other sides, who's having a good season? Yeah, really like Sam Meninga. He's a big boy. Um, came out of Davidson. Uh, really, really pushed for tall black spot. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be huge. I don't know if he will even play in the New Zealand League. He might shoot off to Europe or let his body recover a little bit more. But if he can come back and play in the Stales NBL, that'd be huge. Sam Wardenberg, uh, he's in the Kings Taipans as well. So they're both over there with the Taipans. And um, just, yeah, if you, if you have Sam and uh, well, Sam and Sam, Sam Wardenberg and Meninga coming back to play in the Sales NBL. I know everybody will try and chuck their hands up at them. The likes of Shea Illy, uh, if any team can get them, I know the Wellington Saints will always be hungry for a Shea Illy, but um, he's coming off concussion problems. And uh, I know that Melbourne love to have him staying over in Melbourne in the offseason and, and playing with one of their feeder teams as well. So uh, he hasn't been in the league for a long time, but you saw the likes of Ruben Sadagi come back and just how much of an impact when they do decide to come back and play those guys have on the sales NBL. So I know uh, every team will be knocking on door with Sam Meninga, Sam Wardenberg, Shea Ali, uh, Ruben will be coming back as well. Uh, the Webster brothers. There's so many talented players in the league at the moment. Isaiah Liafa. And, uh, yeah, there's just so many players that do love to play in the sales NBL, but they genuinely make such a big impact on who's going to go out. And we saw Corey Webster shot with maybe six or seven games last year for the Rams and they end up winning the whole thing. So, just shows how important those guys are. Um, but for the Sales NBL to have one of the Sams back from Ken, I think that would be huge because the league hasn't seen those two boys yet. Yeah, that would be cool. Sales NBA, uh, NBA, NBL free agency. Very, on very Monday it opens. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, slightly different. <laughs> We're dealing with Kiwi Pesos, my friend. Kiwi Pesos. Uh, the biggest um, thing that surprised me, is, is there an inclusion of a trade window? How does that all work? How, how does it go uh, for? No, yeah, no, I'm on the same boat as you. Uh, I'm still trying to work it out as well, but I think it's a tremendous idea. I love the idea of uh, having the ability to uh, create storylines. I think that's one thing that, in my uh, humble list of opinions, that uh, most sports in New Zealand miss is a storyline somewhere. Um, and that's down to rugby as well. Just, just give us a story or a narrative to uh, to jump on board with, and then we, I just feel like supporting the game is so much easier. So I think it's in terms of um, how can we create a narrative, how can we create a storyline with this player who's played here his whole life deciding to go over here and trades happening. And it's a, it's a it's very different for New Zealand, very, very different. I don't even I, – I don't think it's my time around the game. I've ever seen it before. But obviously it's such a big part of America and – why the NBA is so big is they have so many storylines about so many different things and trades and we saw everything that happened with James Harden and it just it creates a storm around it even if it's going terribly mm. the narrative at the moment is James Harden's gone to LA but they've lost six games now and five games has been with him so even though it's not a good storyline it's still a storyline because James Harden moved if he didn't move you don't have those eyes you don't have those attention so obviously it's never going to be on the same scale but I, I think if there's the potential to create some sort of storyline I think that's the angle that they're going for and I could honestly, Brooke, I could honestly yep. be so wrong with that. I could be so wrong with that. But that's the angle that I thought that they were trying to take. Nothing wrong with having an opinion, being wrong. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes that. It happens, right? It happens, right? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful Absolutely. stuff, Brooke. Love, 
Love chatting to you, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for dropping by, dropping all the knowledge on us. Uh, hopefully it indeed is the turnaround uh, for the breakers, and uh, hopefully they can make it uh, two from two back on Sunday. You take it easy, mate. We'll catch up with you soon. I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you.